Praise God. Say manifest. manifest. So last week, you know, I've been teaching the past few weeks to you. I've been teaching you about three-dimensional faith, right? Three-dimensional faith. So I could stand in here today as I teach today, teach the same words from the same scripture, the same notes, the same thing that God speaks to my heart to all the same people. And someone sitting right next to the next person can only get 10% of what somebody else can get 100% of. Someone next to the next person can get 30%. You cannot receive beyond your knowledge. Now, you can receive an impartation, but to access and use that impartation, it takes knowledge. Because Hebrews 4, Hebrews 11 says, without faith it is impossible to please God. Without faith you can't access the grace that God has on your life. We're saved by grace through faith. Everybody say manifest. Hmm. So, so I want to talk to you as we're receiving our offering today. Hallelujah. Now, Next Sunday is going to be, I'll probably be a wimp next Sunday, a little bit soft, because my eldest son, Parker, is going to preach his first message up here next Sunday. Amen. So the old man could get wimpy when it comes to his boys for some reason. God, if I had girls, I don't know what I'd be. I'm bad enough with boys. Hallelujah. But. And I don't want to put no pressure on him because it really doesn't matter. I know the anointing on his life. I see how he prepares. He preaches all the time, you know, and read stuff. You've seen him up here. You've seen the anointing on his life. But it is a spiritual portal that is in operation. And if you understand revelation knowledge, you'd understand generational blessing. So you're not just a, I'm a first generation planner, apostle, pastor. You know, I had to bleed for the first microphone, the first broom to sweep the dusty warehouse floor, the first men's step, believing for chairs, believing for everything. But when we were building this property, and I told everyone of you that were at Clay's Mill during that time, you know, God told us from this spot right here we would touch the world. I said, but here's the number one goal I have as a first-generation apostle pastor. That is to build a great ministry of faith that is debt-free so the next generation can just run and not pay interest to banks or nothing else but just take over our region and affect the world because they won't be spending $400,000 a year on interest to a bank. But more than that, more than being debt-free, but to have people of faith to run with them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody turn to Malachi chapter 3. So I talked to you last week about laws and systems. Remember that? Laws and systems. Here's what a law is. A law is basically a compilation, um, a compilation, I mean, can't read my own writing, of ideas and thoughts put together systematically to produce a desired result. Let me read that again. I didn't give these notes to them. I just wrote them out this morning. So God bless the media people. A law is what? Is a is basically a compilation of ideas and thoughts put together systematically to produce a desired result. 
What's a system? A system is an organized series of forces. Everybody say forces. That make things work. A system is an organized series of forces that make things work. For instance, there is a lighting system in here, but it has to work with an electrical system. The electrical system can charge a lighting system because the lights have been built to be conductive and conducive and to take the molecules and all that stuff. And the electrical system can be brought to this property, put in this property, run through different transformers. And for instance, we have a transformer just for art lighting, a transformer just for sound, and then a general huge transformer for the whole church. So it's a huge system. And out of that electrical system that works the lighting, it's electrical system that works the sound system. It's the electrical system that works the lights in the children's ministry. It's electrical system that works in our air conditioning units. So you, you see what I'm saying? But you couldn't have an electrical system without the law of electricity. Till it was discovered how to manipulate and put together AC power and DC power and I don't even know all the technology to it. But thank God Thomas Edison could get his little light bulb on, right? That he didn't quit at 10,000. He went to 10,001 and got it. But he discovered a law of current, AC current and DC current, and how to manipulate that current. But then he had to build a system to capture that current and get it to work. If you want to break a system, for you older people now, this is funny, say this, like a CD. Anybody remember CDs with music on them? Do you ever remember those? If you want to break a pattern on a CD, what do you do? You take something and just scratch it all up, and when you put it in, it's, just, it, it's garble, right? So what needs to happen in your mind and my mind, if we're going to go to the next level, we need a manifestation of revelation knowledge. Out of that revelation knowledge, it advances us. But every time we advance, it annihilates the previous level you were at. Remember, I, I shared with you that uh, when Steph and I, I think I was actually 32 when we got married, not 31. But when we got married, I moved into the level of husband which annihilated the level of singleness. So I'll never be single again. Therefore, that level has been annihilated because the manifestation of my covenant life love is one with me and I'm one with her. So out of that covenant, what happens is it annihilates the previous level. I like the previous level. I did it for 32 years. But this level was so much better. Three and a half years later, we had Parker, our eldest. What did that do? That annihilated being motherless and fatherless and advanced us or manifested us to the level of parents, of father and mother. Once we became father and mother, we're no longer fatherless or motherless. Why? Because of the manifestation of a child. If the child didn't manifest... And I understand if you lose a child before it's conceived, we understand the power of the seed and you're still a parent, right? Even if it didn't come out living and breathing there, but we know the power of what it is. But anyway, so what happens? Now, whenever we had Parker and Pierce as well, but we had Parker being the first one, it annihilated her parents 
level of being parents. And because of the manifestation here, which had nothing to do with what they did other than the seed when they came together to make her. Stephanie could not be manifested in this earth until John and Patty obeyed and conceived and his sperma met her womb and conceived a seed that they named Stephanie, which is an amazing gift to us and to the world and so on, right? Because of that seed they sown years before, they didn't have any participation in the next level God was advancing them to as grandparents. The seed produced after its kind. And when that seed produced after its kind, it produced the grandchild, which they had no input into. The grandson came from the seed they had previously impregnated or planted. And because of her manifestation, it opened the window to multiple manifestations. But it all began with a seed. So then what happened, the level of parents was annihilated. They'd been promoted to grandparents. So no longer, when you, you that are grandparents, I'm not yet, but I kind of adopted a lot of kids around here. I feel like a granddaddy. You, you, I, I bet you feel different than you did as a parent. And, and you can go and tell your kids, I'll tell your kids for you. Yes, they do love your children more than they love you. I'm just going to tell you right now. They do. They might lie to you, but your preacher will tell you the truth. Now, they love you unlimited. God expands our love. We don't love one less to love one more. He just expands and gives us more love. I remember when Parker, you know, was running around, running around the house at two, uh, two and a half, and Steph was getting ready to deliver Pierce, and I'm praying, Lord, oh, God, I love him so much. I'm almost nervous. Well, I love my other son as much as I love him. I want to. But boy, when that little boy came out and was in my hands, I was blown away by the love of God. What God did, he didn't have to make me love one less to love one more. (laughs) He just expanded my level from being a father of one son to two. Everybody say expansion. Expansion cannot happen without manifestation. Say manifestation. Now, this is part of my message. So if I preach 20 minutes here, I'll preach 20 minutes on my message. Just chill out because I'm not nervous. I told Shane when I come in, I said, Sean, I mean, I said, I'm anointed and I know it. And I just want to get in and go. I don't want to wait on anything. But, man, the worship was so good today, wasn't it? So I could wait on that. If it wasn't, I would have just jumped right up, just straight, straight up with you. But it's always good. So, if you're ready to go to the next level, number one, you got to know what that is. How can you get an outcome if you haven't targeted what that is? So, when I told you this year, coming into this year is a year of supernatural advancement in every area of your life. The reason God told me to tell you that is because it's up to you to choose what area you want to advance in. One area or multiple areas. Because each area you advance in takes knowledge, not just earthly knowledge, that too, but revelation knowledge that can speak unseen things into seen things. Remember the three dimensions of faith, right? First is faith in God. 
If you don't have faith in God, you can't be saved. Second dimension of faith is faith in God's word. If you don't have faith in God's word, you don't know how the system works. His word shows his system. His word shows his integrity and what he's bound to do and gives you the clues and the keys to do what it is you don't know how to do yet. And then the Bible says faith in his prophets. If you have faith in his prophets, you will prosper. Prosper, prosper there is in the Hebrew, it's not talking about you'll have a zillion dollars. Prosper means to continually advance, to be growing, to be advancing. Prosperity is not reaching a level. Anyone that has ever reached certain levels, you were probably disappointed when you thought it would be something that it wasn't, right? You go through and get your law degree, or you go through and you think, this is it. Then you go, oh, I got to, that wasn't, I, I thought it was going to be better than that. Or you become a medical doctor, or you become a preacher, or you become a school teacher, or whatever. And you think, wow, this is it. Or, or you own a business, and I was talking to a guy yesterday. He, he was, basically, you wouldn't look at him and wouldn't know it. He thought he was younger than me. He thought I was younger than him. I think I was older than him, but I didn't. He said, man, when I was your age, I was like, preach it, brother. I like that. I just looked at the person with me like, yeah. Because I could tell he was probably several years younger than me. But not in the spirit, which produced, anyway. I'm living on a different revelation. Let's just put it that way. So, he said, well, I, I was retired at 24. I sold my third business by the time I was 24. I, I don't have to work. So he has a revelation in that area, but as I talked to him, he didn't have a revelation with family. He was making quick decisions, and, and, and I could tell, quick decisions because he had spent all this time, emotion, and energy to make a tough decision, and now he's just making it harsh and like he would in business, and it, it may hurt his family for a season. I'm praying for him, though. I just met him, so he don't live here anymore. He moved to another area. But I said that to say everyone sitting here today, say today. You're going to hear the same words from the same preacher boy. But every one of you are going to operate with that word at a different level. If you operate at all with it. Now, there's nothing wrong with the level you operate with. My prayer is you operate way above what I do with it. Because I fail if people in here don't do more than I do. And know more than I know. So what I want you to realize is that's why it's so important to assemble yourselves together in a place where you're prospering, where you're growing, and where you're understanding. In a place. So think about this. You, if I want to get a thing, everybody say a thing. That thing, name some things that you need. Just shout one out real quick. Huh? Furniture, which has to do with finances, right? What else? Money. What else? Peace. Good. What else? Health. Healing. And we just go down the list. Relationship restoration. We go down the list. Those are all things you need, right? Outcomes you want. So I'm going to talk to you a few minutes, and I'll go into my sermon here after the offering, but this is all kind of part of it. We understand a lot of times we preach the what and the how, but we don't give you the why. Everybody say the why. So I want to take a few minutes and set you up on the why. The why I got to do what I got to do to get the thing I need to get. 
So if it's money, if it's healing, if it's relationship, if it's peace, if it's joy, if it's forgiveness, whatever it is, that's a thing you want to advance and you need. So if you don't understand the system, are you going to be able to get that thing? Say, yes, pastor, but grace. Well, there's a lot of people. Jesus gave grace for everybody. Everybody. And most of them will never receive it and go to heaven. So you could have grace as a Christian and do little. That's that part I talked to you last week about faith in God's word. A lot of spirit-filled, charismatic, even some word of faith people have a great revelation, have a great understanding and knowledge of the word and can quote it all day long, but they don't know how to use it. Or they know how to use it, but they don't want to pay the price. Which is worse, not knowing how to use it or knowing how to use it, but not willing to pay the price? So you hear around here all the time tithing, right? Tithing, 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 tithing. See, as a pastor, I I really, no, I'm not going to put myself down. I was getting ready to say it's really on me, but it's really not. How many of you in here has heard at least one teaching on tithing during an offering or sometime this week? Raise your hand. So, so if you hear it once, you're accountable. So it's up to you, dude. No blood on my hands. So if I'm going to understand a thing called money that I want, then I have to understand how the kingdom works. How does the kingdom work to get me? How does the system systematically access the law of the power I need to produce the thing I can't see and don't have and manifest it in my hands? How does all that, how did I drink that white milk out of that brown cow eating that green grass living in that red barn? How, how, how do I get that? And that's why I want you to understand the why. Let's go to Malachi 3. First, we'll go there, Malachi 3. You find it in my little Bible. Well, I have my little reading glasses in there, Sean. I might be able to make it without it. I just have to squint, probably. You might want to get them just in case. The people might get frustrated with the preacher if he's squinting too much. They'll think I'm winking at him or something. My wife might get upset. She's just winking around at me. Nah, she wouldn't. She's messing with me. Malachi 3. Whoo, do we have the AC on or we just got heat blowing around? Huh? Gonzo? Come on, Pastor. Huh? AC? Just checking. His wife laughs now. She's like, he, he's taking over the facilities, so I'm messing with him. Pretty good. You got a Marine taking over the facilities. It'll be done. We certainly will miss the Loggins. I mean, Emmanuel did a great job with the facilities, and we love them. So we prayed over them last week, and our hearts with them. So they're amazing. Look here at Malachi chapter 3. So if I want to understand what tithing is and what it produces and what it does for me, that's good. And then what I need to do is simply, you don't give, you return 10% to God because that 10% is his. You really haven't given an offering until you've returned the 10%. We don't have time to get into all that. But let's look at this. Verse 7. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them, return to me. Everybody say, return to me. 
and I will return to you, said the Lord of hosts. So if you're not feeling God, it's not God. You need to seek and say, what's between me and you? What sin or neglect or what's got your attention that's keeping you from experiencing that closeness you want with God? Because he's no respecter of curses. But you said, in what way shall we return? God, watch, because when God asks you a question, it's not because he needs an answer. <laughs> you bet, thank you, sir. You better be ready to receive or cry or go, ouch, O-E, mommy, not another switch. I don't know. See, see, the problem with the body of Christ, we don't fear God anymore. It's more than just reverence. I mean, my boys know when I'm kidding around and they know when daddy's going, getting ready to go crazy. Right? There's a difference. You, you need to know. And God's not out to hurt you. Only good gifts come from the Father above, James 1. But, but you need to understand, you need to respect him. If you don't respect the electricity that cools your building down and turns your lights on, it can kill you. So you think handling the word of God and handling the Holy Spirit is not dangerous if you, neglect, if you handle it with the wrong heart? Just say, verse 8, will a man rob God? Hmm. Yet you have robbed me. But you say, so he says, I'm going to give you y'all's answer. You say, in what way have we robbed you? And he answers, in tithes and offerings. And they'll probably think, well, we give our sin offering, we give this offering, we give that offering. But what they will learn later is you didn't give any offering to your tithe. That's kind of a down payment on where you should be. And, and it holds God back from opening the windows of heaven he wants to open on your life. If you think what you've got now is good and you aren't tithing, just imagine if you did tithe, what would happen? And they all said, amen. In tithes and offerings, you are cursed with a curse. Now, he's not cursing anybody. <laughs> okay, Lord. Okay. Maybe I won't break this up and maybe this will be a long one. We'll just do the offering. I don't know. Turn with me to, to John 9. We'll come back to that spot. Because if you don't understand the why, and, and again, don't just think, oh, this is just an offering. This is your Sunday message. Just get over yourself. You're, you're not that, your money's not that important to God anyway. It's important to you, not him. He can make it about it. I think sometimes we think we're more important than we are. So, John chapter 9. I'll get there. That's one thing about using my iPad. This stuff is new, so I don't have it in my iPad yet. John chapter 9, verse 1. You keep your finger there. I'm going to go to 1 John and read a verse or two to you. See, see, if I talk to you the way God talked to me, we may not have very many people here right now. 1 John. I'm going to read to you, and you can write it down, 1 John 3, beginning in verse 8. Not 3 John, Dalton, 1 John. 1 John 3. This is old school here. Watch this, watch this, watch this. I'm not talking about me turning through the Bible. That's religion. No, what I'm getting ready to tell you is old school. It says, uh, let's do, start at verse 4. Whoever commits sin... 
also commits lawless, lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. Now, it's not talking about just the law. It's not talking about, because this is new covenant. It's not talking about the Ten Commandments or the law, the Torah. It's not talking about that. Lawlessness means we are not properly operating the systems that are in front of us. Remember, laws are when you take ideas, thoughts, and so on, and put it systematically to produce a certain thing. So when you take raw electricity and you take it through transformers and power and get it all honed down to 110 or 220, and you get it in a system and you hook something up that can operate by it, so if I have a system that needs 220 power and I put 110, it will work, right? If I put 220 in a 110, it could blow it up. What I do? I broke a law. A law is to know that you never put 220 power to a 110 outlet, right? So as we look at that, that, that's what he's talking about here, lawlessness. When we don't understand the systems of God, then we miss out on the why. And if we don't have the why, a lot of times we give up or we're wishy-washy and we try to while and quit and try to while and quit. So this is the same with your healing, your marriage, your family, your relationships. You can apply this to every, remember, thing. Everybody say thing. So whatever thing you need. I'm just using this tithe right now. It's one illustration. If I had time, I'd take you through the works of God. I just don't have time. This is one of the works of God's. So it says, so where we get into sin is what lawlessness. Verse 5, and you know that he has manifested. Everybody say manifested. manifested. He, who? Jesus, right? Was manifested, what? To take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. So the manifestation of Christ was to take away our sins, right? Verse 6, whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. I don't have time to take you through this. You'd be going home, am I saved here in a minute, but you'll, you, you may need to go home like that every now and then. Verse 7, little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. Uh, verse 8, he who sins is of the devil. Woo, that's, that's what I said old school, right? For the devil has sinned, where? From the beginning. So remember, I held the Bible up the last three weeks and said, at about the first 30 pages and say, we're spending our whole life over 1,070 pages of this to get back to those 30 pages, our original identity in Christ. That's what, we, that's what we're working toward. For the, says, uh, verse 8, for the sins, he who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from what? The beginning. For this purpose, everybody say this purpose. The Son of God was what? Look at that word again, Manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, there's no question that he could destroy the works of the devil. The question was, will we use what he provided for us? Because Corinthians talks about it, and Colossians as well, and Ephesians all over, talks about he is the immortal seed. So from his immortal seed, that's what we are saved in, through the seed of becoming the second Adam, son of God. Oh, man, that's feeling good, Gonzo. I don't see you there, but that's working. That's working. Say, thank you, Gonzo. Say, thank you, Gonzo. Well, then you can just sweat. Just on that section, it didn't say nothing. Just turn it off on me. <laughs> Amen. See, see, see I'm, I'm 57. You know, I don't have to impress you. I love you. It's like talking to my boys. I talk to them. I, they just, that's just dad. 
because they know I got their best interest at heart. I got your best interest at heart. What I'm sharing with you right now, most Christians have never even had a glimpse of it. Don't even have a clue. Don't even know. Did you ever get that in the place you were before? I didn't. Most of you haven't gotten it here because I haven't really taught it this way before, so I bet most of you haven't. So, I'm doing it slow for you. For this purpose, Son of God was manifested that he might destroy, what does everybody say destroy? The works of the devil. Does anybody believe addiction is a work of the devil? Does anybody believe poverty is a work of the devil? Does anybody believe cancer is a work of the devil? Depression, adultery, homosexuality, lesbianism. So then what did Jesus come to do? He didn't come to destroy the people. He come to destroy the fruits of it. But the fruit has a root, or it couldn't be a fruit. So Jesus came that anything that is anti-anointing and anti-God, he is the incorruptible seed. When he is applied to that, destroys the works that that produces. If it's sin, it's sin. Whoever, but look at this now. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed, look now, Jesus' seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been what? Born of God. So what I want you to get there is what? Jesus came to what? Manifest the anointing to destroy the works of the devil. He's not here just to make you feel good. He is here to annihilate anything that's anti-anointing. Anti, that means Christ, Christos. Anti-God. So now let's go back where I told you to go in John 9. John 9, verse 1. John 9, verse 1 says, um, now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from his birth. Everybody say, from birth. Because that raises a lot of questions. Like he didn't get chemicals put in his eyes. He didn't have a nail hit his eye. You know, he didn't have some disease later on that caused degeneration. No, he was born blind. Everybody say, born. Okay, so he was born blind. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, first of all, it tells me they don't have a great revelation of who Jesus is. They just put him as a good pastor or teacher. Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, you've got to watch Jesus' answer because there's a lot of doctrines out there. Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, basically, to cause this, right? So what's that tell us? He answered, he, he could have said, you're stupid, that's not the way it works, it's not, about the, his, it's not about their parents. Well, if a parent is addicted to crack cocaine and is pregnant, it can cause birth defects and stuff in a child, right? Even be born addicted. If someone contracts German measles, which is your little red kind of measles, and you're in your first trimester, it can cause all kinds of birth defects in your child. That's not a sin on your behalf. It's a condition that you brought to your child. Your child had nothing to do with it. Child had nothing to do with a mother's addiction to crack cocaine. A child had nothing to do with a mother's exposure to the German measles, and you could just go down a list of different things. So he said it's neither one of these. So in other words, it could be one of those. But look at this. He said but that the works of God should be revealed in him. In other words, this one was blind and born blind 
And you wouldn't understand if I told you he's saying basically how. You don't understand, need to send a why from how it happened. I want you to understand a why I'm going to heal him. I'm going to heal him because I'm going to show you that I can annihilate the works of the devil. Now, think about John chapter 14, oh, you saints of God. Because I think about it and I'm convicted. Sometimes I have to get out of condemnation over it. Jesus said, you could probably quote it, you will do what? Even greater works than these. Well, you, you, Jesus is saying, you're going to do even greater works than the works I did. He didn't say conglomerate. He has a church around the globe. And, there wasn't no global church then. Right? Church was birthed in Acts. Right. So look here, it says, so it, it was what? So the, the, the works of God. Everybody say the works. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. John 10, 10, Satan comes but to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus said. Jesus said, said, what? But I have come to give life and give life more abundantly. I have come, what? The only way I can give you abundant life is to destroy the devil's works. And at the final day, he'll destroy the devil, but right now, I'll destroy the devil's works. Verse four, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. Do you know you got a season in your life to do the works of God? You got a season in your life to be effective for God. Now, it's never too late, right? But let me prove to you that God's issue is not your sin. Your sin hurts you. But what hurts God is a carnal mind. Carnal mind, Chris, a mind that puts this world and this world system in front of God's kingdom and God's system. A carnal mind believes more tangible results will happen by depending on the world's system and my education and my relationships and my knowledge and my gift and my job and my bank account and my cat and my dog and my... My, 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 it's the me, me, me. My, my, my. It's carnal. That means it's flesh. That means it's of what you can see and feel and hear and taste and touch. It's not from the unseen. Greater is he who is where? In me. Than he who is in this world. Gonzo, can you tangibly see him in me with your eyes? Don't give me, he's, he's a good Marine. He's not going to give me a spiritual answer like a lot of you. Oh, yes, pastor, I see God all in you and through you. I see angels above you. No, he just looked at me and said, no, I can't see God in you. Now, he can watch my works and as they manifest, discern if God's in me. Right? But he can't see the unseen unless faith gives him access. Faith is a law. The Bible talks about it being a law, talks about it being a fruit, talks about it being a spirit, talks about it being a gift. You gotta know all, you gotta know God's system, man. You, you over here trying to get, you know, hot water out of a cold waterfall. 
you better understand how plumbing works and get plumbing in your house with a hot water tank or you'd be going out to that creek up there behind where you live for the rest of your life. And some of you laugh, but I was just in a place yesterday, there was people still doing that. And they had jobs. Knowledge. Let me help you. The Holy Spirit would never move beyond your knowledge of him. You don't have to know all the systems of the world, but you bless God, better know him and his system. He does not move beyond the revelation you have. I'll prove it to you in a minute. You say, well, I need more revelation. Then that's a thing you need to set an outcome goal and get more of it. But you won't get more of it doing what you've been doing, watching what you've been watching. Reading what you've been reading. I bet you can give me the football stats from yesterday. I bet you, you know, you can tell me what the stock market's doing. I bet you can tell me the bylaws in your corporation and what you can do or not do to get fired. I bet you can tell me what the pyramid system is in your organization to get promoted. I bet you can tell me all of that. But can you quote the right scriptures and believe them in your heart, not just speak them, but activate scriptures for healing, scriptures for deliverance, Scriptures for breakthrough, scriptures for freedom, scriptures for prosperity. Now, scriptures alone is not enough. That, that's not enough. So many Christians think that's a, that's a start. But faith without works is. And if I, I have what? Faith in God, faith in his word, faith in his prophets. If the prophets, it's a fail through system. If you don't discern God in the prophet, run from him. If the prophet don't line up with the word, run from him. Pray for him, but run from him. It's a fail-proof system, but it's still God's system. So whether you're trying to get a thing called money or a thing called healing or a thing called a marriage or a restoration or a thing called your children set free, whatever that thing is, a new car, new cat or dog, I don't know, calico if you please. Spot, specs, I don't care. Because it doesn't matter to me. I'm not using my faith for it. But if I have to use my faith for it, it matters to me. Because I know this much. I won't get beyond the revelation I have. That's right. <laughs> See? Hmm. Quiet in the Holy Ghost house. But it's all right, Miss Glenn. Isn't it? I just preach to me. I, I, I really am selfish. I'm wanting to preach this because it's exciting because revelation births revelation. If you want healing, you preach healing. If you want financial breakthrough, you preach financial breakthrough. If you want peace, you preach peace. If you want love, you preach love. You get what you preach. But what most preachers don't understand, they're parrots. You don't get what you preach unless you is what you preach. Come on, Pastor. And I don't measure up to what I preach, but I'm working on it. That's right. I'm a work in progress. Hallelujah. I wrote that in a marker on my mirror at Bible college. After I came out, I laid on the floor weeping, and I don't even know how long I was on the floor in intercession. In a chapel, and finally drunk, got up, and I don't even know how I got to my apartment to get ready to go to work. But I just wrote those words. You get what you preach, and you are what you preach. And you preach what you are. So when you're preaching to those kids and not getting the results that you think you should get, maybe you not what you're preaching. You need to just quit smoking that, snorting that, and drinking that, but they see you do it. 
You just need to quit lying and backbiting, but they see you do it. You need to be faithful and not miss school, but they see you miss commitments. They see you miss church. Bells above, tackle me there. Go in Jesus' name. They, 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 they see you miss work. They see you lie to your boss. I dare he. He would, I know it's not the real feel good church, but I'm just telling you, if you'll take a little dose of this, this is good medicine. Look at your neighbor and say, this is medicine. You know, this is like that spiritual antibiotic huh? for you. Somebody said, I want spiritual cocaine. No, it's spiritual antibiotic. Help them, Jesus. Get their minds out of the gutters, Lord. I'm just feeling frisky today, you know what I'm saying? So, so listen. He said, I must do the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming and no one can do works. Verse 5, as long as I am in this world, this world and this world system, right? I am the light of this world. Verse 6, when he had said these things, he spit on the ground, made clay with some saliva, and he anointed the eyes of a blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Shalom. Salom, I mean, we could preach on that a while. Which is translated sent. See, see, you get something happening in your life and you keep it for you. That's why you don't get more. You operating in a status quo or maybe an additional anointing. But if you say everything I get is so I can be sent... Every $100,000 I make is so I can spend it and sit and affect the kingdom and God will give me more. The knowledge I get, if I make sure I get God's knowledge and I use it, I take it as being sent and share it with others, even outside the church walls, wherever I am, I get more. It's sowing and reaping. It's a law of God, and it's part of his system that he put together, and he is no respecter of persons. Hmm. So it says that means you're sent. He washed, he came back. See, therefore, the neighbors and those who were previously had seen that he was blind said, is not this the one who sat and begged? I wonder what would happen if he wasn't sent. I wonder if he'd kept his healing a day or two or a week or a month and it would have just dried up and went away. I wonder. But the first two letters in the word gospel is go. Just preach the gospel. How about if we just preach the go? Because you're sent if you're saved. Every member, I'm gonna do memberships. You wanna get anointed and in covenant with me in this house? We're kicking it off the end of this month, and you can get out there and get signed up for it. Stand up, Naomi. Naomi, get with Naomi. She'll get you all fixed up in it. And uh, you'll find out every member of this church is a minister. And I'll equip you, anoint you, pray over you, and release you to do ministry. Now, it may not be the kind of thing you think it is because you don't understand what ministry is maybe, but I'll teach you. And you can get to that other stuff you want to do. Remember, your gift makes room for you. And if you don't like the room that's been made, get more knowledge. Quit whining and complaining about it. Get more revelation knowledge so you can advance. 
People, man, they want a microphone. Oh, Jesus, give me that microphone. I'm anointed. Your mama lied to you. Go ask your daddy. He'll tell you the truth. Stephanie just threw something at me. Actually, I'm probably easier than she is. So, the sun, now get this. Sometimes the reason people struggle getting the outcome you want, getting the thing you need and struggle in life is not, um, boy, I wish I could read my writing. Struggle in the life is not that, I don't know what that is. Because they have, maybe I'll take these off, it'll help me. Oh, they don't. Thank you. Jesus is like, let me help you, Dalton. You're killing me today. Holy Ghost is like, just listen to me and shut up. Just stop and let me speak through you. I'm sorry, Holy Spirit. Most times when people are struggling, we feel like it's something that we've done wrong. When really it's not. It's the condition you were born in or it's the condition that you were raised in. When I was, like I told you last week, when I came into the kingdom, I came into a beautiful holiness Nazarene church. And it's got, man, they believe in holiness, sanctification, sweet, good people, all that. But there's a real strong poverty mindset, a real strong faith mindset. If you can't have that faith, and, and a lot of them be critical, not now, but years ago, of people like Oral Roberts and Kenneth Copeland. I remember Kenneth Copeland was on TV every morning when I'd go out, and I, I'd want to watch him some, but I was like, oh, God, that's, that's demonic. I don't know if I could watch that. It was probably two years before I would just sit down and watch a whole program of Kenneth Copeland before I go to church, before I go to Sunday school. Because what? That was the condition of which I was born. See, the Bible represents, the church represents the mother. Right? It's the bride of Christ. It's the mother. And so every one of us, when we were born again, whatever that first church you're connected to, that becomes your mother. And whatever goes on in that household will expand your limitations or put limitations on you. Because no house is perfect, including Bethel. We got our issues we're working through like every other house. I say at church, it's like going to dinner with some family you know or don't know. Every family, it's a little different. You can cook the same menu, the same meal, and the same music on in the background, but it's different. Anybody believe that? Same way with churches. So you need to know where God wants you so you can progress, so you can prosper, so you can grow, so you can advance, so you can get the knowledge for breakthrough, get the knowledge to capture the dreams God put in you before you were even born. He put dreams in you, visions. So you got to understand that, right? And if you're struggling and you're always looking for the conditions around you, that's carnality. Of course, if you were abused, you could use that. Of course, if you were abandoned by your parents or a parent, you could use that. Of course, if people misled you and you got addicted, you could use That's fine. You can use all that, but you will never advance above it until you put it under the blood, which will annihilate the level of being a victim. I've never seen so many people want to be a victim. And you little Republicans and Democrats and independents and whatever some of the in-between wannabes could be, might be, are all the same. Everybody's a victim. Victim here, victim there, victim. It's not like liberal or not liberal or what. It's victims. Victim mentality. Oh, my God. If Trump gets elected, the world's going to end. Oh, my God. If Trump don't get elected, the world's going to end. 
And then there's some people, depending on what network they're on, which side they say in the world's going to end over which person. But let me help all you. Can I borrow your seat, Maureen? Let me help all you. My security is not in a government of this world. My security is in the kingdom of God and the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And it will be a cold day, wet, rainy, and frozen over in Hades before I let this mess trouble me. If you want to be troubled, you can be shaken, but you won't like being around me because I'll tell you the truth. I'm just saying. And if you are going to use that language, be man enough or woman enough to have a lunch or a dinner with them and talk to them face to face. If you don't, just shut up. What you got to say isn't important. Anyway, let me get, I, got, I think I got that off my chest. Yeah. Let's check, let's check. That, that was just spontaneous. I did not plan that. But I am not nervous. When you come on this property, like, you know what, Dr. Summerall, I've been, oh God, I've been watching Dr. Summerall videos. Look out, one of my grandfathers is in. And he said when he went to Smith Wigglesworth's house, he had spent two years with him in his later years. And if you don't know who he is, he raised, I don't know how many, 10, 17 or 20 from the dead. He'd go into morgue and raise him. He's amazing. Plumber got saved, filled the Holy Ghost in his 50s. Traveled world. He's called the apostle of faith. Every movement agrees he is the apostle of faith. And he's a big Welshman, big tall Welshman, big old hands. Dr. Summerall, I got to show a video of you sometimes. Yes, he's like this little Jewish looking dude. He's actually a Cajun Irishman from Louisiana. But he's like the Apostle Paul. Just on a mission. Did more in his 80s than most people ever do in their lifetime. And he said, the first time I did a meeting with Smith Wigglesworth, and after he heard me preach, he came up to me and said, come visit me. Yes, sir. Where? He's looking at me. Yes, sir. Where? At my home, at my abode. Okay. He had this mustache that's turned up. Dr. Summerall said, well, you know, I'd been in preaching all over Europe for, you know, a couple years. I had my little round, you know, Englishman hat and my stickers and my fancy suit. Had my newspaper in my, in my hand, and I knock on his door, and I thought he'd be glad to see me. He's in his 80s. He's not getting a lot of visitors. He's like, hmm, what are you doing? Well, sir, you said come visit you anytime. No appointment needed. What do you have in your hand? Why, sir, it's a newspaper. I don't allow that lie and garbage in my house. And he slammed the door on him. <laughs> Somebody was like, well, this man's raising people from the dead. If I want a revelation how to raise people from the dead and heal people of cancer and do all that and have integrity in my 80s like he is because he's in his 20s then, I better knock on that door and throw this newspaper over there in the bushes. <laughs> how are you? Good, sir. Good. How about now? Okay, come on in. And he said all they did was pray and drink tea, pray and drink tea, pray, lay hands on him, pray, eat lunch, pray, drink tea, pray until he'd leave. And he did that for two years with him. But the reason he could raise people from the dead, and I'm not saying be, don't, you, know, you don't need to be ignorant and not get an understanding of what's going on in the world. I'm just saying, look, man, if that stuff drives you, I mean, Parker makes fun of me. Sometimes I'll be yelling at the TV. If it's over a ball game or a news, then I'm like, I repent, Lord, just turn it off, because they're all goofy. They're all becoming not just millionaires anymore, tens of millionaires. 
They leave law practices and medical practices and even leave politics because they can make more sitting on there and running their mouth for an hour. And they, you worship them. What if you spent as much time with Jesus as you did your favorite anchor on TV? Just, just saying. Now, I put, the nom, I put the thing on me. Church's not going to grow beyond what Dalton grows. But I also got to be concerned what's in my garden. I don't want no weeds in my garden unless that weed is convertible. If it's convertible, I can convert it. I'm fine. See, what, what, what is, so what is it? Now, get all that and take all that. If you're offended, the Bible says be not easily offended. I'm not offended, so you're not bothering me, but I, I can pray for you. I can lay hands on you suddenly, whatever you want. Prophesy over you, whatever. But here's the key. That broadcast that you're addicted to, the social media thing you're addicted to, and you got to see what this person said on Twitter and that person says on Twitter, and they all are a bunch of idiots anyway. Seriously. Not idiots. It's just the ideology that comes out. Let's put it that way. Not just politics, goofy stuff. So-and-so died, or this will heal you, and it's crazy stuff. But it's the gospel. But see, Miss Gwen, they know more about that than they do God's system, yes. his word, to access faith yes. to get their healing. Yes. To access faith to get their financial breakthrough for their family. To access faith yes. to get peace in their heart mm-hmm. and joy in their heart. You know the world system and you got the channels marked. Mm-hmm. And the place is saved on your computer and on your phone. You got it. But do you know where that scripture is that will help you sleep tonight? Do you know where that scripture is? You just get a call, your daughter's in a bad car wreck or your son was in a bad car. Do you have that scripture? Not just a scripture, but a revelation knowledge of that word that is greater in you than that healing that you got to face, than that deliverance you got to face, than that freedom you got, than that breakthrough. Greater. What's greater in you? Your opinion? You, you know what they say about that, don't you, Bertie? Everybody's got one, don't they? And I ain't going to say what it is. Praise God. I might go Baptist on you right now. I'll just go Baptist and just let you have it, and then we'll have a boat and smoke a cigarette and have a drink together. Then we go to our Catholic brothers and play some bingo and hang out and eat some fish. Then we'll come back to these places like this and all act like we're all pompous and know something and we don't know anything. So. Anyway... I don't know if this is a way to grow a church, but, but God let me in on a secret. He said he's the one that increases the church, so this is on him. That's up to him. So, and he's a big boy. He can handle it. I'm just a little newspaper. I'm a little messenger boy. That's all. Let's, 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 let me give you a couple things real quick, and we'll pray. Well, we'll do offering and pray. Stephanie's like, do the offering if you want to have electric next week. So, hmm, so much I want to give you. Hmm. Look back with me in Genesis, just a couple verses, and then we'll go up to Mark. But look at me in Genesis just real quick. Genesis, when I get there, I'll tell you where I'm at. Hallelujah. Is this, I'm not even going to ask you, it's okay, because I really don't care. I love you. But I figure if you don't like me, I won't see you anyway, so 
If you like me, I'll see you. If you don't, or you might have to come. God make you. That's your, you have to deal with him on that. So that's between you and God. That's, I mean, I'm innocent of that. Say hallelujah. That's old school, isn't it? Hallelujah. So if I want to understand God's system, right? Remember, I've said it before, and I could tell the little horns come up with people. I said, you can't pray and fast and get more money. People are wanting to have financial increase, and well, I'm praying for it, and I'm believing. It's good to pray for it, but the prayer and fasting is to give you the knowledge, the revelation of the actions you take. It's not so it just happens magically for you. Because faith without works is not even faith, it's dead. So we got to understand God's system. God's system, everything, say everything. Now remember, if it's healing, peace, fruits of the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, money, freedom, deliver, it, it's a thing, right? And all those things comes from one thing in God's system. It comes from a seed. A seed is a set-apart set portion of a harvest. A seed is not creating anything. The creation is designed and impregnated in it by God. An oak tree seed doesn't grow a cherry tree. And a cherry tree doesn't grow corn. And man can hibernate and put all these seeds together, but it can't make any seed out of nothing. It's fake, it's synthetic, and not healthy. No, God created all those seeds with his words. And they produce after their kind. Everything I need operates under the law and system of God of sowing and reaping. If I want love, I sow love. If I want kindness, I sow kindness. Y'all praying for me, preacher. You need to be nicer. You get more love. But see, I'm not going for a vote. I'm not a politician. So anyway, love politicians. They help us sometimes. Sometimes. Anyway, so they make fun of preachers, so we're just getting even, right? Um, but if I want the life and design of what I'm believing for, is it a seed? But it's up to me to do something with the seed. I can have a seed sitting there for 10 years on my shelf and never use it. But if I take that seed in the right season and put it in the right ground with the right nutrients and give it the right water and care and the right action, what will I get? I'll get what's in that seed, which is growth. But I'll get what that seed was already impregnated with for me to have. Hmm. So here's God's system. He says this in... In Genesis 8, where I'm at, I'm sorry. Verse 20, Genesis 8, 20. Then Noah built an altar, built an altar to the Lord and took every clean animal and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings. Everybody say offerings. On the altar. And the aroma of the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. And then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground <clears throat> for man's sake, although the imagination of a man's heart is bad from his youth. I can't see that word because I got it marked, huh? Evil from his youth. Thank you, dear. Nor will I again destroy every living thing I have done. Verse 22, look at this. While the earth remains seed time and harvest time, so if I want love, I got to sow love. If I want forgiveness, I got to forgive people. If I want peace, I got to live in peace. Don't carry conflict with me. Carry peace with me. If I want to live in joy, then I need to access the joy. In the Holy Spirit is joy, gentleness, kindness, meekness, faith, and all that, right? It's in me if I'm born again. Cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. Verse, chapter 9, verse 1. So God blessed Noah and his sons 
and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. God's mission every time you look, go forth, make disciples of all nations. Go forth, subdue. Go forth, dominate. Go forth, multiply. That's why he calls you kings and priests, right, in, in, in Revelations 1. Now, we'll wind down right here. They say, I got five minutes. So let's, let's go over here to Mark's gospel. And this will kind of all make sense to you, I think. At least my faith is it will. Amen. So I'm going to Mark's gospel. Let's go for chapter four. Mark's gospel, chapter four. Now, what are they talking about here? Seed. The word is the seed, right? This is the whole parable on the word of God. And the disciples are asking Jesus, you know, help us understand this parable of what? The sower, right? The parable of the sower. And it talks about what happens each time when it's messed up on the wayside or whatever. Then, for the sake of time, look at verse 10. Mark 4, verse 10. It gives you the purpose of these parables. He's giving them this parable. They're like, why can't you just tell us in Arabic and let us, why is it a parable? And Jesus said this, but when he was alone with those around him, with the 12, ask him about the parable. And he said to them, listen to this now, this is what I've been talking to you about. To you, it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Remember I tell you all the time you have an unfair advantage in business? an unfair advantage in parenting, an unfair advantage in your health. You have an unfair advantage in whatever it is. Why? Because everything's got to bow its knee to the kingdom. And the kingdom's a mystery. And if you're not living in the third dimension or the fourth dimension, you don't have an advantage. Remember, we live in four dimensions potentially. First dimension is your physical, flesh, blood, and bones. Second dimension is your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. Third dimension is your born-again spirit. Remember, it was dead. Biden didn't say death. It's born again, John 3. The fourth dimension is when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Acts 2 experience, and then you have the gifts of power to operate in the unseen realm at a higher level. So you've got to live in a third dimension and eventually the fourth dimension to have continual success. So, so it says here, but to those who are outside, all things come in parable. In other words, he said, I can speak whatever I want to him. It'd still be fetish to him, gibberish or whatever. They wouldn't understand it. So that, verse 12, seeing they may see, and not perceive. There's people that come in here today and there may be somebody sitting with you. You may be sitting with someone that got a nugget that would change their life. One sentence I said. One sentence I said changed their life. Not because I said it, but just the Holy Spirit said it to me. And it, and it happened. Or one verse or one scripture or one thought. And it's going to change their marriage. Or it's going to change their relationship with their children. Or it's going to change their career. Or it's going to change ministry opportunities. I don't know. It's going to help them win people to the Lord. They'll be sent. I don't know what it is. But they may have got something that's life-altering and life-changing, and you didn't get anything because you didn't perceive it because you couldn't see it. Maybe you're caught up in the personality. Maybe you're caught up in what time it is. Maybe you're caught up in your stomach's a little bit growling. Maybe I don't know what you're caught up in. Or maybe you don't like me talking about what I talked about. There'll be people go out here and say, all he did was talk about money and politics. I'll never go back there. And 90% of you go, that's stupid. He was lining politics up and money was just one of the seed things that it happens. He's all, everything's a seed. But to them, that's all they heard. Because they can't take responsibility. Because they're blind. Seeing they may see and not perceive. In other words, they see it, but they don't perceive it. Hearing they may hear 
and not understand. They saw the same thing you saw, and they heard the same words you heard, but they didn't see it or hear it, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. So you can be a Christian and still be in sin, right? Did you know unbelief is a sin? That's what the Bible says. Look down here in verse 20. When he talked about all these things that these different, the word is the seeds, right? And whatever you apply the word to, that's a seed it produces. Verse 20. But these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word and accept it. It's one thing to hear it. Sometimes it's hard to accept it. And bear fruit. So you don't just hear and accept it. If you hear and accept it, you are... You are nominated to bear fruit, but you won't bear fruit unless you take action. And you cannot take action beyond the knowledge you have. That's what revelational knowledge is. That's why modeling is so critical. The business world's learned that, right? If you don't know, get, you'll learn quicker by modeling someone that's done it. Right. Hmm. It says, uh, bear fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100. So the word here is taught by any seed you need, healing, relationships, health, finance. You've got to know God's system of sowing and reaping, harvesting. But you can't access it beyond the revelation knowledge you have. Everyone in here will get something out of this at a different level, right? Let me, let me end with this. Look at verse 23. If anyone, this is Jesus talking, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. So, so see, Sam, right there, people are going, okay, give it to me, pastor. It's not talking about these ears. That's carnal. It's talking about these ears. It's talking about these ears in your heart. Talk about the ears in your spirit, man. Talk about the ears in your soul, your decision-making resource. Can you hear it where you make decisions? Because if you can't hear it deep enough that it forces you to make a decision or encourages you to make a decision and to not make a decision when you know you should make a decision is a decision. Then you didn't hear it. Oh, that was good today. Passion was funny. It's good. He's so cute. He's a little crazy, but he's okay. Somebody else, oh, my God. I just got to go home. We got to go home. We're going to lunch. I got to go pray. Oh, Lord, God's speaking to me. I got, and they're like, oh, my God, we had dinner, lunch planned. And get mad at your friend because they're going into groanings and crying, and you think they backslid. They've not. They've advanced. Did you know birthing is ugly? You would know. Mamas know, right? And I was in the room, so I know. I got 3D, 4D. Groaning and sweat and blood and screaming and drugs flying around and people running around. But boy, when that little thing's in your hand, everybody's just like, oh, it's like, it's like Mayberry. You're like, wait a minute. Where was it about 15 minutes ago? This place was crazy. People passing out, getting Epsom. So what? And it's like this hurricane comes through. And then all of a sudden, oh, call the family, get everybody up. It's so beautiful. Mama's still on drugs then. She'll feel that way for about eight hours, nine hours. Then she'll be, oh, God. Put me back together, doctor. You did this to me, to the husband. Best thing you can do is nod and say, I'm sorry, dear, I'm sorry, and get out of the room quickly. Don't get close to the bed, unless they got her chained to it. Other than that, run. Go get lunch. But don't tell her you got lunch. Tell her you went and prayed for her, you fasted for her. 
and then repent later. Okay. So then he said to them, take heed to what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So it's not just hearing it and getting it. It's what do you hear, get, and it makes a decision. You make a decision and use it. To the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. DJ, revelation knowledge verse revelation. The death of your mother is an opportunity. You will be sad, as I told you you will be. You will grieve. But will you really learn what your mama wants you to learn? Because the greatest life lessons are the most painful life lessons. But if you will take it as a lesson, God didn't do it. But if you would take it as a lesson, and then all those important things she spoke to you on the phone daily and other times, they're going to be like the Ten Commandments to you, right? So now you will see more clearly what she spoke to you, and you will put it to use, where before you're like, oh, mama, mama something. But now you're like, ooh, mama knew what she's talking about. But what you've got to realize, you're a father. And your mother watched her parents go. And if time tarries, your kids are going to watch you go. But the key is, what are we doing while we're here? So a lot of times, natural things parallel spiritual things. It's not insignificant that you came to this house near the time of her passing. A death means an annihilation of something and something brand new coming. So even though in a natural, it's the most, one of the most heart-wrenching things you can have, in the spirit, what does it mean? Amen. And what, God, what is God birthing in you and your wife and your family? Amen, amen. One of the things is millions, and I don't really care to say it. I don't care if people get mad at me. Oh, you prophesied millionaires. <laughs> because that's, you see what you see, I see what I see. That's, we all eat ice cream or whatever it is. That's just one thing, but that's not your heart. So that's why God can trust you with it. But a great mentor and coach is what you are. You're a coach. And you will coach gurus, I'm telling you. Anyway, where was I? Ending, Mark, yeah, ending here. (laughs) Trying to land this thing, and sometimes it's a little bumpy. You know, you got to, yeah, thank you. It will be measured to you, what, according to how you use it, to you who hear more, more will be given. For whoever has, to him, more will be given. Amen. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And then he says in the next four verses, this is the kingdom of God. And Jesus said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Healing seeds, financial seeds, joy seeds, peace seeds, ministry seeds, anointing seeds, hope seeds, Faith seeds, love seeds. As a man would scatter seeds on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow, he himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops of itself, first the blade, then the head, then after that the full grain in the head. Verse 29, but when the grain ripens immediately, everybody say immediately. What's that mean? When it ripens, it's manifestation time. You got some stuff in you that's just not quite ripe yet, and if you don't kill it, it's going to manifest. 
Priscilla, it's going to manifest, but it's in your head. Just, just gotta, you just got to take the cap off. Just pat her there, Barry, because you know how it is. I promise you she won't hit you. In church, anyway. So We're friends, so I can talk to her. The only limit is not in your gift, your skill, or your opportunity. And you're very successful, so I'm not talking about somebody unsuccessful. I'm talking about somebody getting ready to manifest the next level. It's probably going to be a little different way than you thought it'd be. Or it might be the way you thought it would be, then you thought it'd be a different way, and now it sucks because it's going to be that way at least for a while. But as long as it's God's way, it's supernatural, and it gets you to where you want to be. Amen? It's going to happen before December 31st. I'm just telling you this massive breakthrough you've been believing for. And also with your daughter, you're going to see it. It's going to be a different girl after January 1st, I'm just telling you. She's already a beautiful girl, but it's going to be different. Say, well, why didn't he prophesy to DJ? And why didn't he prophesy to her? Because they saw something and heard something and pulled on the hem of the anointing on my life. And I'm just naive enough to let everybody else get mad at me and probably give less than the offering because those two things Jesus said I had to do. Say, well, that's a negative confession. Prove it to me. Prove it, baby. Prove it. So we're getting ready to pray. Get ready to give. Do all of it. But if you don't use it, it'll be taken away. And what is it? So verse 28, the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the head. Verse 29, but when the grain ripens, it immediately, say immediately, immediately. puts in a sickle because the harvest has come. I'm saying the harvest has come. Here's the thing. The harvest has come but do you have the knowledge, and I'm talking spiritual revelation knowledge to access it? Listen, God can give you certain spiritual revelation to jump through a few steps because he loves you that much, but he's not gonna do it every time you need something. If I just wait long enough and cry and complain to God enough and do a little this and a little that and serve some, I'll get it. No. You got it that way a few times, it's time to grow up, girl. Amen. Boy, it's time to grow up. Right. It's going to come a different way. On, but this way will make you more advanced. Amen. This way will make you more anointed. Amen. This way will make you more prosperous. This way will make you more effective on this planet while you're here. It's God's ways or the highway. And that's what we got to understand, church. What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What are you doing? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What are you doing? So right now, what I'd like to do, really get big, praise God. Uh, so we were down to 17,000 on the AC, and then we have a $5,500 gas line got to be ran around here, but I don't know, a little bit came in last week. I don't think much came in on the HVAC last week, maybe a couple thousand if that. Still probably around 19 or 20. But so you could hear that. Oh, my God, all they ever do is ask for money. I wish they might pay that. Stink it. You better watch it. God might have you go take a loan and pay for that. You better be quiet. Gripping and complaining about us talking about the HVAC. Maybe he's waiting on you. I don't know. Maybe you have to sell your car. You know, I was driving out of this drive. Just say this while you're writing right real big. Because bring the buckets up here. We're going to come up and do a worship offering. And then if you're giving my phone, just bring your phone and tap the bucket. But, but, but I was driving out this driveway a number of years ago, and I had this nice, cool car I liked. 
And, and this thing was breaking out, and it could really hurt the church. Had nothing to do with me. Had to do with some staff, other goofy stuff. And I'm like, God, here we go again. Every time we start growing, somebody does or says something stupid, and something stupid happens, and a bunch of stupid people talk about it, and it becomes stupid. He called people stupid. Well, pray for me. Stupid is as stupid does. Anyway, so... And I'm not even halfway, Greg, down that driveway. I had that car four or five months. I still owe money on it. God said, if you'll sow this car today into this certain young lady, it's broken today. The attack on the church that was hitting social media and stuff from just goofy people being goofy. See, if that was my first time, I'd be like, let me see if that's the devil or God. Oh, Lord. I was so excited, I stopped, pulled off before I got to Nicholasville Road. In the drive. I called, Steph, Steph, guess what happened? What happened? What, honey? We, we could have sold that car and made money. Not finished paying it off for somebody else to drive. I said, this is what God said. She said, praise God, do it right now. You're going back to do it now? I said, I'm going back right now to do it. I'm going to give them the keys right now. And you know that thing was broken in 24 hours off this church. And it wasn't nothing the church had done. It was just goofy people on social media. But it was broken. Just like that. See, I didn't know that was a seed it would require. But Moses, see, the children of Israel knew God, but Moses knew God and knew his ways. So here's what it is. If you're not getting your healing, there's just a way you need to get revelation knowledge of for it to come. If you're not getting your financial breakthrough, there's some kind of way that God moves you need to find out. If you're not, you know, getting that relationship that you need to have, there's some kind of way that God needs to move in your life that you've never experienced before. But that comes through revelation knowledge. Amen? Amen. Are we ready to give? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next week, uh, Pastor, he is Pastor, he is Pastor. Parker's going to preach next week. And then... uh, then uh, we have geek marriage this coming weekend. I think it's full. And then I'm going to, we're kicking off the next Sunday. I got an amazing anointing surprise guest for you Sunday morning, Sunday night. You're going to love him. Powerful man of God. He's already fired up. And uh, he's going to be here for you. Then I got another one for the second Sunday. So we're going to celebrate our 20 years different. I'm not doing a bunch of videos, everybody worshiping pastor. I, you know, I just get tired of that. I mean, I, I know who knows me. I could, get, I could get Brother Winston and Parsley, and I could get, I could, you could give me names. John Bevere, Lisa Bevere, just give me a name from any camp. I can get Ron Carpenter. We've been on the phone twice in the last month and a half for an hour. I, I could get people to do a cute little video for me and say, oh, man, you were the man of God. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. For people that need it. I just don't need it. I might have needed it 10 years ago. I don't need it. I know who I am. So, so I'm doing it different. I'm not doing this thing where I could have got big guys coming in, girls coming in, and I just called up some friends and said, I feel in the spirit, you. They cleared their schedule. I feel in the spirit, you. And I don't know. May not even get two more. I don't know. But I know we will celebrate our 20th all month. And then during that time, I'm doing membership. So at the end of that, I'll be anointing and praying over a whole group of people that become covenant members of this house the first weekend, I think it is in December. Now listen, I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna trust you that you saw and heard God and you're gonna do something. 
if you were spiritually really on this thing other than tired and this preacher shut up, why did I sit this close? If I was back there, well, usually I might have been out of here. Hey, we old people get the ends in their back because we got about a minute to get to the bathroom. You don't deserve it if you're young. You got to sit up here. You know. All of us older people, we need it on the ends of the back. Preacher of faith and power. But, but, but I shouldn't have to tell you that if you got an outcome you've been believing for, what an opportunity you have right now while your faith should be up to sow a seed. Now, what did it say in Malachi chapter 3? Said, said that you got to bring the whole, you've been robbing your tithes and offerings. And he said, bring your whole tithe into the storehouse what, and see that I will not open up windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you. There's not room enough to take. So the beginning of blessing, novice level, novice level is tithing. That's novice level. Say, so yeah, but in the New Testament, Jesus was asked one time, he said, you should tithe. Said you had to tithe, didn't he? But he probably frustrated him because you got rid of the law and got the seed of Jesus and you whining because, you, you know, oh, I might have to get more than 10% now. So, depending on what you hear and what you see, what revelation you got, but I would hope you're applying. And then it not only said he opened up windows of heaven, part of blessing, but what else did he say? He said he will rebuke the devourer from your crops before it's time. So whatever's trying to steal and eat your seed or steal and spoil the vines that produce your fruit, he's moving on. That's what the tithe does. It holds back the seed eater. 